Welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today we are going to talk about the 2021 Pixar film, Luca. My name is Sarah. I am the mom of a seven-year-old boy. Wow. <laughs> They're getting old. They're, they are. <laughs> right before our very eyes. Yeah. And I am Prayer Harvey. Mine are an adult now, and an 11-year-old, and a 5-year-old. That's crazy. We've been like, doing this for a long time. We have. Three years. <laughs> three years. Three years. I can't believe now we're at a point where, like, the majority of the time we've been doing this has been in COVID times. Man. <laughs> so think about that. And that's actually really relevant to the film that we're talking about today. It is. So... Because our next grouping of movies are those Pixar movies that were released on Disney Plus during COVID that never got a theatrical release. Or if they got a theatrical re- release, it was like that, the kind that they would just throw it in one theater so they can be... Um, eligible for Oscar nominations. <laughs> so we'll talk a little bit about like the internal politics of why this happened throughout the series because it's kind of a shit show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Yeah. So I think, I mean, going back to that point, I can remember when we got together to record and I was talking about how um, my son and I went and saw so, Onward the week before everything onward. was shut down. It was yeah. Onward, yeah. Yeah, we saw Onward, like, March 12th or something like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> We're, like, probably some of the only people who saw Onward in the theater. Most likely. And I remember <laughs> us talking about it at the time. Like, it's a, there's not close contact, if mm-hmm. anyone. And then, wow. Yeah, okay, here fine. we are. That was in, you know, March 2020. Here we are. I mean, I don't want to say what the month is because we're really terrible at our turnaround times lately. But here we are in May 2022. My son just went back to the movies for the first time. Mm -hmm. We went and saw the bad guys. Mm. So he went like a full two years without going to the movies. And that's kind of a big deal in my family (laughs) because I'm a pretty frequent moviegoer. We did go see Spider-Man mm-hmm. earlier this year. Yeah, and I mean, we would have gone sooner. It's just there hadn't been anything that, mm-hmm. like, there was any motivation to go see. And that's part of the problem, too, because they keep throwing the movies right on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> and that, whoo, y'all, that is so going to be a fun discussion topic. And <laughs> we're not even going to get to it all here because yeah, we we'll have to spread it out. talk about this movie. So, um, so what do you like? Okay. So this movie was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Animated Feature and uh-huh. it lost to Encanto. Um, but I contend that Mitchell's versus the Machines was robbed this year. Have you seen Mitchell's versus the Machines? I have not. Oh, it's really good. You have to go back and see it. Okay. I think Encanto just won because it's a Disney movie. <sighs> We haven't gotten to that movie yet. Mm-hmm. We'll be doing we'll be doing the Disney movies that got theatrical or limited theatrical release after we do this set of Pixar's. Mm-hmm. But because the shuttled right to Disney Plus was 
It was just Pixar movies. It was just Pixar movies, and it was a very political decision, Mm -hmm. and it continues to be a matter of hot dispute, and they're not... They can't do it anymore. Like, the the Mm -hmm. upshot is, is the next Pixar film, which I can't tell you the name of at the moment, but the next Pixar film will be in theaters. Okay. So, this one was initially set to be released in June of 2021, Mm -hmm. but then in March of 2021, Disney announced that they're canceling the theatrical release and it would get um, a worldwide release on Disney+. Mm Mm-hmm. So it got a one-week theatrical engagement at the um, El Capitan Theater in Hollywood. I think Disney might own the El Capitan yes, Theater. Yes, they and if, do. Okay. Because I was going to say, if they don't, then they have like some kind of really like nope, they own deep it. <laughs> connection to them. Because they that's always it. where they throw things like this. Right. I, and that's like, where a lot of their films have their, like, I think their, um, like, their big, like, gala um, uh-huh. releases. That's where the red carpet is. Yeah. When you see pictures of starlets on a Hollywood movie premiere, this is generally where if it's that a Disney, takes yeah, place. if it's a Disney movie, it's generally at the El Capitan. Um, it's also like a Hollywood institution, but uh-huh. that's 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 a story for another day. So yeah, this one had a one week release at that theater, so that it would be eligible for. Academy Awards and stuff. I'm actually still surprised that that's still a thing. So do uh-huh. movies like Coda also end up with theatrical releases like that? Right. So like, this is why bother at this point. Uh, no, this is a this is a long-standing argument that has a lot to do with Netflix mm-hmm. because the idea is to keep out Netflix mm-hmm. if we're right. Unless, and they're not doing a good job at this and, point. No. Because Mitchell's versus the Machines, I think that might have been a Netflix production. Mm-hmm. So what um, they do now is a concurrent release right. in a limited... Just uh, like this. Just, just like, like this, this El Capitan, right. whatever. They find a theater, they right. put it there for a right. week, five people go and see it, and it qualifies. The... The wars right now around streaming, and we're recording this in May, so the Netflix stock crash has recently happened, and there's a lot going on in the back end of the streaming wars. Well, the Netflix thing is uh, directly related to the fact that they really put it all on the line for Way of the Dog, and then... It was a big stinker at the Academy Awards. Like, they were expecting a big thing out of that, and they got nothing. They got nothing. Right? Nothing. Nothing. Well, and you also have Warner Brothers Paramount. Mm-hmm. No, it's Warner... Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, and... Is Warner no. Brothers and Paramount, right? Yes. But no. It's, no, it's Warner Brothers Discovery Plus. Okay. That's who. That's who just merged... Um, okay. Zaslav is their CEO over there right okay. now. And they are $55 billion in debt with this overall merger. So there is, there's a lot going on in the back end of streaming and releasing. And I mean, it's Warner Brothers, so it's a shit show. Like the best they have are. <sighs> but Warner Brothers is all on HBO Max. Right. That's okay. correct. Okay. 
So they own now, it's Warner Brothers, it's Discovery Plus, HBO Max. Turner Classic Movies. Turner Classic Movies. Uh, CNN is also uh-huh. under this umbrella. And so, yeah, there was a golden age where you could just go and say, I have a movie idea, and someone would throw Mm -hmm. money at you, and that that day is over. Yeah, I mean, and it's coinciding with the the time period when you could cut cable and save money. But now, you can't, because you've got to have, like... Six different streaming services, you know, right? And we we rotate through streamers mm-hmm. and then you know save things to watch and then yeah. watch those. I think things a lot of people do I think that. a lot of people do that. So what I expect is going to happen is you're not going to be able to do a monthly plan anymore. No, that's you're going to have to start that's doing my... like a yearly contract, and then we're right back at square one. If 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 I was in charge mm-hmm. of business management on the back end. That would be my requirement. Now, you'd probably have to reduce the yearly overall, mm-hmm. but that would also, I think, likely help with retention numbers. But what do I know? I don't run a business or anything. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, I don't want them to do that. No, I don't either. <laughs> but I think I, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather pay for a year up front than have fucking commercials. True. And I mean, another thing that a lot of people do that they're trying to get rid of is like, we don't have a Netflix account. My in-laws have a Netflix account, but we have an HBO Max account. So we share Mm -hmm. and they get ours and we get theirs. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people do that. We, we do not account share with anyone, but that's because we're antisocial hermits and don't have anyone to account share with. Ours is just family. I don't know people other than that. (laughs) It's fine. It's it's because what we do. So my in-laws have Netflix, we have HBO, and my mom still has cable. So we use her cable login for anything that we need a cable login for, and we give her our HBO Max. And she gets my in-laws Netflix, and my Netflix gets or my in-laws get our HBO Max, and then they all get whatever like random free trial we have for like the next <laughs> 3 months, right? I guarantee between all of our subscriptions, especially because we pay for Hulu Live. Oh, yeah. That we are now paying as much, if not more, than we were oh, paying yeah, before we cut the cord. Yeah. Cause, and then you're not bundling your internet and your cable anymore either, right? right? So you're not getting that discount. Um, we, uh, we only have Hulu because you can get it for like a dollar a month. Mm-hmm. On Black Friday. <laughs> so we keep getting it that way. But I think at this point we've already talked about it where if Netflix does like really cut back on the account sharing, mm-hmm. that would be the first thing I would get rid of right now. So you hear me, Netflix? It's it's always <laughs> it's it's always a choice. Yeah. It's always a choice. So anyway, back to ostensibly a movie. Okay, so do you remember the first thing, like, the first big thing that Disney did during COVID-19 um, as far as, like, streaming? Because I do. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I can't remember the okay. names of my children most of the time, <laughs> so I'm going to let you be our oral historian okay. on this So one. the first thing that Netflix did when everything shut down for COVID, when we were all still, like, staying at home and nobody was going anywhere. Was um, it the Tiger King? 
No, no, no. I, did I say Netflix? Because I meant Disney Plus. Yeah. You okay, meant, I mean, okay, I mean Disney. The first thing that Disney did, and I think it was like the first thing, the first major thing that any studios did, was uh, Disney released Frozen 2 to Disney Plus really early. Like, mm-hmm. really early. Um, it was like, uh, I want to say it was spring, and it wasn't meant to go there until like late summer initially. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing they did was they released Hamilton, which was supposed to be a theatrical release. And then they made it a Disney Plus only release and never actually ended up getting a theatrical release, I don't think. Poor Hamilton. So Disney kind of, like, did the first big push to, like, releasing, uh, what's the word? Like, there's a word for this and I can't think of what it is. Like, A-title stuff to mm-hmm. streaming and like originally mm-hmm. during the early days i think we'd call it the premium tier yeah i couldn't think of what i wanted to call but it but there's probably an industry term for this too mm-hmm. that i don't know but it's like, where both... all your a-listers are right so because up until this point it wasn't really a common thing you weren't Mm-mm. seeing it very frequently um, I can't remember. Did they do it with Black Widow too, or did that get a theatrical release? Oh wait, no, that was a thing, right? It did. That was a whole thing. It was Scarlett it was Johansson a, was right, like, because she sued them because fuck she you was guys. supposed to get a percentage of the <laughs> this theatrical was my thing. cut, right? And that plays into this whole thing with Pixar too, mm-hmm. and all of their movies being exclusively Disney Plus releases. Yeah. So, so back to Luca. Yeah, so back to Luca. Well, um, I don't remember much pre-marketing information about this movie. Uh-uh. I don't really even remember them making any kind of a, a big deal about it when it was released to Disney+. Plus. So, it was released on March 23rd, 2021? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember. That again, I don't remember my children's names half the time, but that's a year ago in March, mm-hmm. and we were had been in. So we'd been in. It was like a year into the COVID. About pandemic. a year yeah. in. Almost exactly, like depending on when things shut down where you are. Although March twenty twenty was a different world than it is right now. <laughs> we were all little... It was like, yay, vaccines! <laughs> Everything's gotta well, be great right. again. Well, right, and I, I'm, I'm really trying to <laughs> so think about another, that. So that's another... That's... that. I can remember thinking, well, this is odd. Because in March 2021, things were very optimistic. And the fact that a movie being released in June, you would think that that would have, like, a good shot at, like some kind of a box well, office and, success, and certainly right? movies were back in uh, we they were definitely back in theaters yet but theater releases were already a thing mm-hmm. starting and depending on where like because we never fully shut down at all here right so it was business dependent and everybody came back kind of when they wanted but by then people were Mostly doing whatever they wanted here. Yeah. So, like, I don't actually think that they had 
to do this. No, I remember thinking that's a weird choice at this point with this one. I'm trying to think. I went back to the movies as soon as I could. Like, as soon as I was past, like, the, you know, second shot plus whatever days. Mm -hmm. I went back to the movies. And I was, like, early getting my first shot because I have medical issues. Um, <laughs> yeah, you so, have reasons to be Yeah, I, I qualify <laughs> to be an early um, receiver of the vaccine. And I'm trying to think of what movie I went and saw. I didn't say what movie I went to see. <laughs> I just wrote movie on the calendar. <laughs> but it was March 16th, 2021. Because I remember thinking, oh my goodness, this is almost a year to the day from the last movie I saw at the theater. <laughs> oh, it was Raya and the Dragon. Oh, it was Raya. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Raya was also relevant because they released Raya and the Dragon in March March 2021. Uh-huh. Right? There you go. We'll talk about that movie in the next series. So um I I mean here's the thing. This movie is fine. Like it's not I don't know. So my I wanted to say my impression of this movie is it's a fine movie. It's okay. I don't mind watching it. I'd watch it. It would be, if this was a movie my kid decided he wanted to watch five times a day, okay, fine. I'm okay Whatever. with it. Whatever. Cool. It's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. But also, there's nothing to this movie. Right. That's correct. The story is, it's, it's, it's a nothing story. A nothing burger. No, I didn't want to, I'm not going to use that. <laughs> it's not a very exciting story. So. It could be like a half hour TV show. Can I complain about something here? <laughs> yeah. Disney makes a big deal about using the cast from the region in which the film mm -hmm. originates, right? Yeah, does that happen here? Not a I didn't fucking think so. bit. <laughs> like Jim Gaffigan? Right, Jim Gaffigan, and, and nothing against Maya Rudolph, but she's black and Jewish. She's definitely not Italian. It is a really odd choice for them. You're right. So I am, I object to the fact that the entire main cast and some of the minor characters are Italian. I mean, like, at the very least, there are a lot of Italian Americans you could right. have gotten to be in this movie. Right. I, I just, I'm are we, not... Does it definitely, oh no, it definitely takes place in... It, it just, it feels... Italy, it right? It feels like a choice... That was made. I don't know. It's, it's odd. Do it's, you think? It, I mean, did you? Was this a product of like what happened during COVID? Like, are these just the people they could get to do it? Like, these are the people that happen to have like the facilities in their home to record through. I I don't know. I really That's I interesting. don't know. And I. And I have to wonder if that in some way impacted the level of story. Because, like, you can There's see There's just not hints. a lot of story. No, but you can see hints of the, the, the animation is beautiful. Uh-huh. Because it's Pixar. Of course it's mm -hmm. beautiful. And I really did feel like there were hints of places where you could see something that could have been really amazing. Mm -hmm. And it just wasn't. Yeah. What's the runtime on this? 
It's long. Is it? It feels short because there's not a lot of story. Because there's, but no, it felt long. <laughs> a hundred, it's an hour and a half. It that's is an long. hour and a half. That's not long for feature length movie. No. I, right? It usually you see the short end is like an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, Encanto is an hour 49. Turning Red is an hour 40. And Raya and Last Dragon is an hour 47. Yeah. So 90 minutes here. More of the on par of the old Disney movies, right? Mm-hmm. We're not where you just watched Mice Frolic for yeah an hour and then kind of fit in the story around the rest of that. I'm not talking about Cinderella or anything, right? So, what would you? Well, first, if you were casting this, who would you have put in it? Oh, putting me on the spot. <laughs> I don't know. I Nick Cage is Italian. <laughs> He's a Coppola. Right. Who would he play? <laughs> I couldn't actually know. I have I have no one although right? I mean Moonstruck at least got <laughs> Nick Cage and Cher. Okay. Could not Disney have done the same for me? I will tell you a a big um a big thing they could have done. Or like somebody they really just dropped the ball on now putting in this movie. Stanley Tucci. There you go. He would have been great in this movie. So my husband just recommended to me a Stanley Tucci movie called The Silence, which uh-huh. I have not watched yet, but I have yeah. watched the previews for, and it looks amazing, and he's the lead in it. So, like, I, I, I'm I'm a long fan of Stanley Tucci. But I will note, in the way that, I mean, of the main characters, the villain is Italian. Yeah. Yeah. He's the only one that you Raimondo is not Italian. I'll eat an item of clothing. Yeah, no, he he is the only one who actually kind of sounded like he might have been Italian. He's the only one who actually (laughs) reprised his role in the Italian language dubbing of the film. So he speaks Italian. Yeah, again, and 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 it is what it is. But I just I feel like if we're going to spend so much time talking about representation that to not do it here because whatever. I just feel like when it comes to the direction that Disney is going with this kind of stuff, this was like a gimme. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, again. And it's because... like, it's not like you have to have a whole cast of people who can do the same part in Italian. No. You don't but... need that. No, you don't need that. But you could have just, like, cast Italians. There are quite a few Italians in Hollywood. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's a thing. That's all. Let's see. Uh, You could have had Demi Lovato. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Selena Gomez is apparently Italian. Yes, I don't know. She That's is. what Google is telling me. I mean, Cole Sprouse and Dylan Sprouse, they're Italian. Hey. <laughs> Plenty and and you're you're naming younger people. That's too. what I'm saying. I was trying to like go like who right. where are you going to cast as the main character? I I just I don't again. know. That's it. I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I just But like there are so many people, and like I said, I mean, obviously, there, you know, 
it's not i i would be accepting of just a bunch of italian american mm-hmm. act actors right that mm-hmm. that's the low the least you could do and that would have been simple because like literally there's a bunch of them <laughs> yeah there's pro- there's as much there's probably as many people in the United States who claim Italian heritage as Irish heritage or German heritage uh, or oh whatever yeah. right <laughs> like, you can't throw a penny and not hit somebody and you can't I- throw a penny because how are you gonna find one but <laughs> easier to find than baby formula I guess so all right I'm looking at young italian american actor and i can't find like a good list like i just can't find a child italian american actor but i'm I, sure that they exist i am sure i'm sure they could have cast one two i it, the whole point is that if we say that representation matters and this story like it's Mermaids are indeed very much a part of our lore. This mm-hmm. whole story is very much a part of, like, there, here there be dragon stories that get mm-hmm. told in lexicon. It's just, even as an Italian-American who... Listen. Listen. I can understand where you may not want to... Um, cast the obvious Italian American actors like you're not going to put Al Pacino in this movie because that's not the the thing you're going for right I get it but like there are plenty of people you could put in this movie I I think that when there is some level of connection to the story it makes it better Mm -hmm. because we can see that in the movies where that feels prioritized. Coco mm-hmm. is probably my prime example there, but it, it's been done in other places too and done well. So it feels like an oversight here and I'm just a little bit mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What else do I want to talk about here? Again, the movie is not, the story is, I do like the race, and I like the contest, and Mm -hmm. the animation really was very very pretty. Mm -hmm. I like that Julia is a redhead, because I feel like redheaded Italians are underrepresented, but so a thing. Uh Uh-huh. It's totally a thing. It's totally a thing. (laughs) Totally a thing. Played by a Russian girl. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so, but I, I did, I liked the character. I liked that there was friendship, interpersonal conflict without it being a love triangle. Yes. That was nice. Mm-hmm. That would have been a super simple thing to throw into this. Mm-hmm. Like the that three kid just, love triangle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, and that was not there. It was not mm-hmm. there, and it was really nice. It was a coming of age that was just about, I mean, school was the the sexy forbidden object, mm-hmm. not the girl. Yeah. And yeah. that was really nice. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm just looking at, like, the marketing again, and I really do love 
the way that this movie is animated. Uh-huh. Oh, the sea sparkles. And... I wish we could have gotten more of, like, life as a sea monster, though. Uh-huh. Like, I want to explore that. That was, that was amazing. I like, I do like what they've done lately with some of the grandmothers. A little spicy, a little more... Yeah. I'm, I'm creeped out by the uncle, though, I will say. The uncle of the deep? Yeah, what yeah. What the no, fuck? No. And how is he an anglerfish? Right. Uh, where <laughs> where, where is that breeding happening exactly? I don't... Do they, is he the dad's brother or the mom's or brother? Half-brother? Like, so many questions. I think it says in the write-up. It's Lorenzo's brother. So it's the dad's brother. Yeah. It's Jim Gaffigan's brother. It's Jim Gaffigan. And it's Sasha Irish. Baron Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> and the movie is just fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I would watch it again. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing offensive about it. Mm-mm. I just don't think this is a movie that any kid is going to choose to watch 5,000 mm-hmm. times a day. Because there's it's not nothing compelling. to it. Mm-mm. No. I, and I really did like the, what they did with, um, Bruno, the yeah. inner critic. Yeah. Like, mine's named Kevin, so <laughs> Bruno seems legit, frankly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was, I, I thought there was a lot that could... Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, just there, there was could more to have do been with this. so yeah. much here, and there was not. Mm-hmm. And I just I don't know why, but there no. I like that uh, the father has no arm, and uh-huh. he's like he's like yeah. What did he like a sea monster grabbed it or something? Yeah, he's like no, no I was born, born this, this way. way. <laughs> it was. There were so many nice, gentle touches, like and mm-hmm. clearly. Though they didn't explain Julia's parentage, yeah, it was some kind of separate co-parent. Yeah, who lived with her mom during the school year and mm-hmm. her dad during the summer, and everyone was fine with that. Mm-hmm. And that was also nice to see a familial structure that was not nuclear. Again, so much that could have been here, and it just wasn't. Right. And it made me sad because. Yeah, it's fine. So, there were no songs, no No. music, no, if there was a score, it was not significant or meaningful to me in any Mm -hmm. real way. Right. And maybe that was part of the problem? Maybe. I don't know. I'd have to watch it again to really... Yeah, I think if, I'm trying to think, I can't, like, noteworthy think of anything in this movie. Huh? About the music. Nothing. Literally nothing. And we've talked about that before in relation to Onward, in particular, where Mm -hmm. they had a real opportunity to 
do like 80s hair band stuff even if it was original mm-hmm. 80s hair band yeah. stuff would I will forever s- say that that was a big opportunity that they it lost it was a real opportunity in that film and they blew it and maybe that is the problem because the music in a movie matters mm-hmm. they had like so they had at the beginning they had that one song right that mm-hmm. did the credits and then it was the Italian opera, mm-hmm. but there was not. I think that's like a big, and I'm not saying that Pixar movies need to be musicals, but I would say outside of like Toy Story, that is mm-hmm. a, a place where Disney or Pixar really drops the ball on mm-hmm. Pixar movies. There just isn't, they're just, the soundtracks aren't as memorable as they should be, I think. No, they aren't. I mean, I guess I can remember soundtrack from, like, Up. But beyond, like, who did Up's soundtrack? Or, like, score? I don't know. Let's see. Who did the score for this? <laughs> Let's see. Let me get to his Wikipedia page and go from there. Photography, music by Dan Romer. Uh, uh, no, he's got nothing here that... You would say, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Not a thing. Not a thing. Oh, okay. He was the producer on the Great Big World song, Say Something. You know what song that is? Say something, I'm breaking up on you. Like, yeah? Uh, I, yeah. Cutting, I love it out. when you sing to me. <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm looking at these movies that he was attached yeah. to, and I just don't. There's nothing. There's, there's nothing. nothing here. There's nothing. Um, okay, so on that same note, let's look at uh, Up was Michael Giacchino? I'm saying that wrong, I'm sure. Who has a much more prolific career, at least. Uh, I guess. I mean, they did send the uh, artists to... Italy to for a research trip they went to the Riviera (laughs) hardship real hardship (laughs) really sacrificing there (laughs) which may explain why the in-town animation is so beautiful Yeah, I don't know. I think I think in general, especially in recent films, Pixar could really like do a better job. It's it's And I mean, I think that there's plenty of stuff out there in like pop culture where it's not saying that you have to have an original score for things to be amazing. Like you can and I don't know what they would have done here, for instance. But again, going back to I'm onward. I'm sure it's there's plenty of there's some really weird Italian pop that they absolutely. <laughs> well, it's set in 1950. In, and even then, I know there's a lot of there's Italian. Plenty stuff of Italian in, music yeah. that. Like, Anyways, what I just come on Pixar, get it together. It's fine. It's fine. Get it together. But the music is a problem. 
and it does make for movies that generally don't stick the same way. Uh-huh. I, I really feel like, and you look at the movies that we talk about in other places that are older, the score is uh-huh. always significant. Uh-huh. It's yeah. what I... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's think about like Star Wars and Harry Potter, even. Oh I mean, yeah, like, th- those are scores that are amazing. But then again, like you don't have to have an amazing original score because you could be Guardians of the Galaxy and you can use existing music to your benefit. And we're talking. This is Disney. We're talking about here. Their pockets are literally. They they can deal with these kinds of rights issues. Right. And they, what's interesting, I guess, is that they did, they started to do that here, because I can name a few of those songs, and then they totally dropped the ball. Totally dropped the ball. Yeah. All right, Disney. So, it sucks for the people who made this movie, Uh (laughs) but I don't think it would have done very well in the theater. Probably not. Especially because it would have come out, like, so Rhea and the Dragon came out in March of 2021. Right. And this was originally supposed to be June. June. 2021. And part of the problem is multi-company mergers. Somebody always falls by the wayside. And this feels relevant because we have not gotten to officially give the post-mortem for Blue Sky Productions, Mm -hmm. which did fall because of the Disney-Fox merger. Mm -hmm. And there's a lovely video of Scrat finally eating the nut. Mm-hmm. That they animated. Mm-hmm. That made me cry because I really <laughs> liked. Got it. Blue Sky was doing good stuff. Mm-hmm. They were really producing different things. I mean, mm-hmm. Ice Age is in a class all of its mm-hmm. own. But even if you look at some of their other stuff, they were just telling different stories. And had the ability to do so in very... Because they were kind of sliding by at Fox. And Mm -hmm. had money and the ability to go and play. And now that's gone forever. And we'll just miss it. That's all. (laughs) We have never talked about any of their movies. We haven't done Ice Age? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. We haven't done Ice Age at all. Uh, we've referenced robots, I think. We've never done Rio or Epic. We haven't done Rio? Mm-mm. Man, I watched that movie so many mm-hmm. fucking times. <laughs> Both of my boys loved mm-hmm. that movie for a period of time. Uh-huh. Because flashy birds and kicking <laughs> tunes. And yeah. we come back to kicking tunes mm-hmm. makes a difference in the film. This movie needed music. Mm-hmm. And really, so is there anything else that you actually want to talk about here? 
Um, uh, no, I feel like this happens now with, like, every Disney movie. People, like, tried to say that there was, like, a relationship between Luca and Alberto, and, like, there's a not, there's not. And so, like, you know, people on one side get upset, <laughs> and then, like, they don't watch the movie. And nobody cares. <laughs> End of story. There was nothing gay in this film. No. And no relationship of any kind uh-uh. anywhere. And I, again, did appreciate uh-huh. that. In a coming-of-age story, they so easily could mm-hmm. have gone that road and did not. And instead, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, just pure friendship. And I think that that's something in general that, like, Disney Pixar does a good job with. Mm -hmm. Because, like, in recent films, I'm trying to think, like, there's nothing in Onward. There's nothing in, um, another one just had occurred and I can't remember. Nothing in Onward. There's nothing in this. There's nothing in... Is there anything in Turning... There's something in Turning Red. Yeah, but that's, that's like, the point of Turning Red. Yeah. Um... Else is their soul? No. No. Um. Yeah, I mean they don't shoehorn it in if it doesn't if it's not no, important it's, to the story. If it's not important to the story. There is no mm-hmm. love story, and I do appreciate that. And I do appreciate Pixar trying to tell us these stories of coming of age and young adulthood that are mm-hmm. different and. I just wish that they'd like it's 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 rough because I'm it's it's hard to be the curmudgeon that's always like do better but in <laughs> fact do better and I feel like we can and like justifiably so we can hold Disney and Pixar to a higher standard the amount of money that they have to put into a movie to really make it stand the test of time and not just be something that they crank out for a new subscriber hit and I that's where we're going to be going with the rest of this series and Disney is that they have prioritized, and this is Bob Iger, who's not there anymore, but let's be real, Bob Chappick's not any better. Mm -hmm. And the... They have stopped prioritizing feature films. Let's be real, that goes all the way back to... Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. But... These movies are foundational in our children's Mm -hmm. lives. They just are. There's a reason that we've spent three years coming Mm -hmm. back here and talking about these movies. And it seems benign on the surface, but it's not. These Mm -hmm. movies make a difference. They are what our children internalize as the baseline cultural norm. Mm Mm-hmm what we internalized is the baseline cultural norm and God fucking help us. Yep. So 
do better. Yes. That's that's the message here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Watchability. Final verdict out of five. I give it a five. If my kid watched this movie, there's absolutely nothing about it that would bother me. No, I, I mean, like, really, it's very eminently watchable. Mm-hmm. It's just forgettable. Whether or not they actually like, would. I, I, right. Like, I'm happy to watch it over and over on repeat because I would be doing something else entirely. It would be fantastic background <laughs> noise. And every now and then I'd look up and go, hmm, that's interesting. So next week, we'll be talking about Turning Red and how, I mean, so that one is the love story. Yeah, but it's because it's about a girl going through puberty. That's correct. (laughs) It's okay. I think we'll make it. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. We We don't seem to like to talk about girls or uteruses or... Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it yet. All right. You'll see it. We'll talk about it next time. I'll see it. (laughs) With these movies in particular, unless my children want to watch them now, I'm like, I'll get to it. We're going to be recording an episode about it at some point in time. Mm -hmm. So so that's what we'll be doing next. You can find us at latchkeymovies.com. We are at Latchkey Movies on Facebook and Instagram. Sometimes we post there, right? Do we post there sometimes? No. no. no never? Listen, listen. <laughs> I'm barely hanging on to the things I'm currently doing. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I think sometimes if I am on Facebook, mm-hmm. I will share something that mm-hmm. is relevant to our Facebook page, but only if I'm, like, right there. Yeah. We're, we're, we're terrible. We're awful. It's fine. We're busy. It's a podcast. You're not here for our social media. This is the thing that I've learned about <laughs> podcasts. Yeah, nobody has good social media. No, nobody has good social media. <laughs> if you want to call us, we do have a number for that. And that has happened a couple of times. More often than I think people go to our social media, if I'm being very <laughs> honest. That number is 402 All right, y'all. We will talk to you later for... I'm sure we'll actually talk about Turning Red, the movie. At least a little bit. I hope so. We'll see. It's always a gamble. (laughs) 